How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Adam Sane podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, I'm joined by Phil Boehm. Boehm? Boehm. Boehm, yes. Boehm, okay. Good Norwegian name. Norwegian. That's right. That's interesting. And he is a city councilman for District 1. That's right. In Statesboro, Georgia. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Adam. Great to be here. Uh, you get a nice setup and the the restaurant. It's uh, unusual to be in your restaurant at 7.45 in the morning, <laughs> but uh, it's looking beautiful in here, and thanks for having me. Very nice. So, uh, Phil, I'm going to jump right into it. What is it like being a politician in the age of 2020? <laughs> well, I... I it may sound a little stuffy, but I, I like to consider myself an elected official as opposed to a politician. I'm not a particularly okay. good politician, mainly because I'll uh, always tell you what I think. Very nice. And I, I try to be pretty honest about my assessment of things. Um, I don't think of things in terms of how they benefit me unless benefiting me first benefits the citizens that live in my district and uh, the citizens that live in my community. So what's it like in this day and age? It's... It's like anything else. It's like running your restaurant. Um, I mean, it's challenging in the in the days of COVID. Uh, there's a lot of divisiveness right now, and even at the local level, that uh, that can be challenging. But uh, it's also an interesting time. I mean, I'm uh, half a century old now. I was around, uh, you know, uh, when the internet launched, and okay. I was around uh, when in 2000 when it really went big, and I was around when when cell phones came around. So. When, when, when we really look around, I think there's, there's a lot of tension out there, but I also think, man, humanity is making a lot of progress, and if we can just use the tools that we've made to really do some positive things, I, I think the next century can actually be pretty good. So it's, it's, it's a challenging time, but it's, I don't know, it's a fun time. I'm a big guy. I like economic development, so there's a lot of that going on right now, so that's what's fun for me. I try to find what's fun. Yeah, and we spoke about this a, a little bit earlier, talking about kind of uh, the, your approach to uh, policies and, and things that you do. And you, you really hit on this economic development. And in fact, you are the uh, a business analyst at the Business Innovation Group at okay. Georgia Southern University in the Parker College of Business. That sounds fun. <laughs> How, do you, which one do you enjoy my, more? My business card is four by eight. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, which one? What now? Which one do you enjoy more? Like, do you do you do you prefer one or the other? Well, they actually go hand in hand. Okay. Um, so, from a political philosophy or a policy philosophy, public policy, um, I, I firmly believe in the you know the basic idea of all uh, rising tide lifts all boats. But what, what that means from a, a policy standpoint is policies that. Um, promote economic development. And when I say economic development, I'm not talking public housing or things like that, like empowering people to create businesses, empowering communities to come together, developing infrastructure. You know, I was talking to a city a couple of months ago and I was telling them, you know, when you put in a street, that street doesn't generate revenue. Mm -hmm. What generates revenue are the businesses and the residents and the communities that come together on either side of that street to work together to create an economic. So you see what I'm saying? So you, you need to invest in the basics. And what that does is that lifts everybody up. And there's this idea. It's kind of a fairly simple idea. If everybody's got an Xbox, why do I got to steal yours? That's right. And so when economic development also can solve a lot of societal issues, when, when folks aren't worried where their next 
uh, meal is coming from, they're less violent, they're less full of anxiety, uh, suicides go down, violence goes down, domestic violence goes down, crime goes down. All those things go down when you lift up, um, you know, you lift people out of poverty. And then, so from the flip side, now as a business analyst at, at, at Georgia Southern, uh, working in the Business Innovation Group, we, you know, work to um, promote entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to take these folks that have these ideas and help train them up and help turn them into businesses and help turn them into uh, future uh, employers that then go out into the community and buy real estate and buy a house and continue the process. So, so you equip uh, entrepreneurs to be ready for, uh, I guess, business to start, right? Well, you know, I mean, just like you, you, you're an entrepreneur, but you've got, you've got the podcast here. I know you do some, some video stuff as well as sure. running a restaurant, and I know you do a couple other things. So you've got a lot of things going on, and, and, and you've got that initiative, but not everybody has this, that total initiative that you have, not that people aren't energetic. Sometimes they just don't know where to go. Okay. And so I think if there's anything that big does best, it's just pointing people where to go. So if you come in, hey, I need... Uh, you know, money. I've got this business idea and I've started to get a few customers, but I need to expand. Okay, well, we need to hook you up with the Small Business Development Center because they, they're good at, you know, loans for businesses with three to five people, you know, those kinds of things. Um, you know, our, our Fab Lab and our, our learning center. Which is amazing, by the way. The Fab Lab, phenomenal job. I mean, what you offer, the services that you offer there are, you know, I haven't seen anything like that. In, in Statesboro. Not in South Georgia, for sure. And, um, yeah, but it, it, to just kind of take a step back, what we're trying to do is just trying to provide this, the support the entrepreneurs need. Because not every – I mean, you got to do everything as an entrepreneur. Sure. you got to be an HR. you got to do marketing. you got to do selling. you got to do books. That's you right. got to do ordering. That's I mean, right. you got to do a little bit of everything. As that, And so not everybody knows how to do a little bit of everything. So we try to fill in the gaps. Um do you think that everybody has the ability to become an entrepreneur? I mean, because like entrepreneur at this stage and age, I mean, everybody wants to, wants it. In, in my opinion, I think it's become like this hot thing of like, well, you see, like you know, the the Jeff Bezos, uh, the the Mark Mark Zuckerberg's of the world, uh, they've absolutely like dominated, and that was their entrepreneurial spirit, right? Do you think that there is a trend that? like moving towards like going towards this direction because hmm. do you think that people want to be their own boss well yes okay but do i think people want to run their own business not all the time <laughs> i i think if you really truly want to be an entrepreneur you want to go into business for yourself whatever the case may be um the one thing you have to focus on and it's the one thing you have to focus on in business period and you know this considering you have a restaurant um you have to focus on the service you're providing to people. Mm. That's your business. Mm. You're providing a service. Now, sometimes it's a product uh, in this day and age, but you know, uh, small manufacturers are harder to find. So let's face it, we're a very much a service economy. Over 80% of our jobs are in sure. service. Sure. So it's what kind of service do you want to, what, what do you want to get up and do for other people every single day? Mm -hmm. What do you want, you know, what, that's what you, if you can find out that answer, 
you know, for some folks, it's they want to sell real estate. For some folks, you want to help with insurance. For some folks, it's they want to help people fix themselves. So, sure. you know, do elbows and knees or whatever the case may be. In your case, you know, you want to give them nice cocktails during happy hour and some, right. some really pretty food uh, uh, during dinner. So what kind of service do you want to provide to so, people? If you if you can find out that in your mind, that's more important than finding out your passions. Uh, you, so that, uh, that was actually diving into my next question is that the same as passion because if you're passionate about something in theory you i mean this is this is the thing that we are told every single day right so uh you know if you find your passion you never have to work a day in your life i feel like that's a classic kind of like thing that we are brought up with do you feel like those two go hand in hand Yes and no. Okay. Okay, because, okay, let's just say I have a passion and there's nothing wrong with, like, making the little, you know, like the little reed crosses or the little reed, you know, flowers or whatever. Um, but that's just not a service that a lot of people are looking for. So that you, you can have a passion for something, but if nobody really is looking for that in their lives, then you're not providing a service to other people. Now, you know, you, you have to combine that passion with service, though, but you, you have to find a way to serve other people. You know, even when I tell, uh, we talk about, um, you know, folks will complain about, oh, those high-paid athletes, blah, 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 mm -hmm. you know, complaining about Michael Jordan or who, sure. Kobe Bryant sure. or LeBron James or whatever <laughs> generation you want to talk about. Um, you know, those, uh, but those basketball players, when you think about it, when they're playing, tens of millions of people are watching them That's play right. and getting entertainment value That's out right. of that. And they're doing it 80 times a season, and they're doing it for 15 years. And, yeah, you may think they're overpriced, but if you really think about it, and they're just getting, like, you know, 30 cents a game per viewer, if you're only getting a little bit from each person, that's great. But they're, it's like Jeff Bezos. Why does he have a trillion dollars? It's not because he made a trillion dollars off of one client. He made a dollar off of, you know, 7 billion people Mass practically. Market. Yeah, so um, – to, to switch back to the passion, I, I, you do have to have a passion for service, and I think that's really the key to anybody who's in, uh, in, in, in business of any kind. Mm -hmm. Whether you're doing dog grooming or haircutting or toenails or, I mean, whatever kind of service you're providing, it has to be a service that people want. Very nice. Uh, let's switch directions for a second. What do you think is the future of Statesboro? You know, I, I think that, you know, we have... Uh, before pre-COVID, right. know, there was a lot of projects that were happening in Statesboro that was really exciting. Uh, Post-COVID, I think, honestly, the food scene has really improved. Uh, you know, we have kind of like new restaurants in town, uh, you know, Tandor and Tab, Bull and Barrel. Uh, I believe Patterson's just opened. I feel like there's a little bit more ethnic food uh, for whatever reason, as opposed to pre-COVID, right? Um, how, what, what's the next move, I guess, for this region, in your opinion? Well, <clears throat> to, to speak to the restaurants, the, those restaurants were coming before COVID. So okay. uh, the reason they've kind of just sprung up here lately is because they were planning to open in March. And, sure. and nobody was opening nothing in March. Sure. So <laughs> we were closing it all down, people. So... Um, but yeah, I, I think there's there's always been a little bit of a demand. Well, I mean, I, I still will be, I could be an elected official for life if I bring a Red Lobster to Statesboro. I still clamor for people oh, hearing that. So. But, oh, uh, don't do that now. Well, <laughs> As someone who had, that has a seafood restaurant, we don't want to be doing that. No, it's, <laughs> it's probably not coming. But, uh, 
but uh, you know, we have uh, students from all over the globe. Um, 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 and and um, so th those things tie together, your, your questions about the, which direction is Statesboro going and why do we have so many different restaurant varieties. I think for one thing, Statesboro is kind of a testing ground. You've got a lot of college students here, so, so it's kind of like, you know, hey, people are trying things out. Uh, we've seen restaurant uh, concepts come and go. Um, and yes, then, I, then I think a little bit in the restaurant, not to beat up on, on, on the restaurant industry too bad, but then there's some folks that have started a restaurant and they never really ran a restaurant and maybe mm. that wasn't their thing. And, and sometimes a restaurant is, it's kind of like an old vintage car, you know, it's like you buy it and you put it in your garage and it's like, I'm going to fix that up. Sure. You know, I'm going to replace every part, Sure. you know, and then, and then they find it in a barn 50 years later. Right. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I, I think you bring up a valid point. You know, uh, Statesboro is a market where it's a great market to launch products. So mm -hmm. uh, for restaurants, the, the cost of entry is actually relatively low as opposed to when you're looking at Atlanta. That's right. Uh, I don't or know Savannah. You, exactly. Yeah. Have you seen the, uh, the little spaceship things that take food around, like mm -hmm. their robots? Um, I mean, they, I think they, uh, Statesboro was one of the first places mm -hmm. that launched that, which is completely <clears throat> awesome. We right? got Lime Scooters early. Um, so, yeah, Statesboro is a little bit cutting edge. Folks will come here. We're not a huge university market like in mm -hmm. Ohio State or in University of Texas. It's kind of hard to launch a new product on a, on a campus that big. Sure. So we're that nice mid-sized campus. But I tell you what, that you, to, to answer your first question about COVID and how is Statesboro going to evolve, I think Statesboro evolves hand-in-hand hand with how Georgia Southern evolves. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll be honest with you. Mm. Uh Pre-COVID, Georgia Southern was, I would say, not not suffering, but it was a challenge because there was still this urbanization of America. There was a lot of, if you notice, like in Athens, there's a lot more concentration downtown. In Macon, in Augusta, you remember Augusta 10 years ago. I mean, we love you people up in Disgusta, pardon me, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the downtown strip there was just dead, and now that's thriving. Mm. And it's because there's this, there was, until... Earlier this year, there was this concentration of people moving into downtowns and wanting to live upstairs from their coffee shop, wanting to walk. Work, to, live, to, play. That's correct. Well, work, live, play is concentration of people. Mm -hmm. And and with COVID, it's like social distancing, which is the opposite of concentration. And so uh, I'm circling around to saying that Georgia Southern could be poised because we have such a an open campus. There's a lot of greenery. There's a lot of sun. There's a lot of warmth. Um, you know, we have, a, we don't have a high concentration of, I mean, we do have some residence halls, but you know, it's the, the, the campus itself is spread out. We're down here in the South and there's a move. I mean, look at San Francisco, look at New York city. Sure. These places are emptying Mass out Exodus. and, and, and Florida's real estate market, even Georgia's real estate market right now is, is blowing up, especially down here. That's true. All these people wanting to have a little bit of acreage. So. Um, now imagine all those folks up in Atlanta wanting to send their kids somewhere where they where they can be safe and they can be in a safe environment. So I think Georgia Southern has that kind of mid-size, nice campus, good, attractive outside. They're they're poised to um, to compete in this university market, which is going to be tough because 2026 is uh, going to be the lowest number of college 
freshmen in the last two decades. Well, is that what it's trending towards? Uh, it's just a demographic shift. You know, I mean, you had your baby boomers and then you had your millennial bump. Well, in between the bumps is a valley. A sure. valley is coming up in 2026 for college freshmen. Interesting. So mm -hmm. what, what do you think is going to happen uh, for that? Just, you know, looking at, I guess, Georgia Southern in general, right? Like, you know, I, I look, I, sometimes I walk on campus and I look around and I'm like, wow, like this place it's beautiful is beautiful campus. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like with the buildings, I mean, there's, a, a, they're, they're constantly, I think they have a new engineering building mm -hmm. that they're kind of, uh, they're almost done with. And, and just the amount of um, money that's been placed in, onto that campus, what happens at that valley? Do, the, does that mean that anybody that, I guess, applies is able to get in or how are they going to be able to tough through that period of time, well, in your opinion? Uh, well, I think that's what you were looking at in, in again, just, to, I mean, in January, these are questions that they were asking. I think they're asking a little bit different questions now. For one, I, I think a lot of small universities are probably going to close down. Mm. Um, a lot, you know, just a lot of these, I mean, you're, you're seeing it. And then you're, you're seeing a lot of trimming of uh, larger universities, you know, University of Texas, University of Minnesota, these guys are cutting programs. Well, where are those tennis players going to go? Well, we're still playing tennis here at Georgia Southern. See sure. what I'm saying? So, I mean, we have the opportunity to kind of be that middle ground but be between a huge campus like Ohio State and a really tiny campus. And the tiny campuses, especially the small private colleges there that are non-religious, so that they don't have a church backing sure. them, um, those small, small private type colleges are, are really – and, and you saw it before in Georgia. We were already consolidating That's campuses, right? Armstrong, right? Yep. Armstrong was one. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, West Georgia, up in Gainesville, they did it. So there was three or four different uh, consolidations or mergers or whatever you want to call them. Um, and, and there's a possibility that that would, I mean, don't please don't quote me, but, I mean, there's a po not. possibility that something like that could happen. So you're just going to see, I, I think you're going to, I don't know, especially if COVID keeps going on. I think you're going to see more folks just wanting more students wanting to come and have that. Uh, you got to give something to President Gruby back in the day, and I don't know if you know new Bruce Gruby, but um, he's the one that kind of conceived or planned that pedestrian, the big long sidewalk that the you know with the pavers that runs through campus, uh -huh. and that's a beautiful walk. I what, mean, what, what walk is this? If you the if pedestrian, you that's the one that goes from the. Uh, from the rotunda all the way down to the business school and okay. down there where the buses yes. in the circular just area. Just that single, single. Just, okay. just that big two side. It's like yeah, a two yeah, lane yeah. highway there. Sure, you sure. see all the lime scooters and things like that. <laughs> yeah, that was that used to be just grass. Uh -huh. And so he puts in this nice pedestrian because clearly there was probably a cow path through there before. Sure. And you know, it's it just makes for a beautiful campus. The huge oak trees. I mean, it's it's Georgia Southern's a, a, a nice looking place, and I think. Um, it's affordable. Mm -hmm. uh, cost of living here is reasonable. So I think all those factors, if we can not make some kind of major societal diversity type mistake over there, Georgia Southern, I think if we don't do something like that, that, you know, puts a stain on us. Um, I think Georgia Southern and Statesboro poised to grow. I would, I would completely agree with you. Uh, I want to take the conversation back to entrepreneurship. Um, okay. You know, these 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 heavy hitting entrepreneurs a lot of times don't go to college. Sure. How important is entrepreneurship in college as a combination? How important is uh, well? <clears throat> 
it, again, it depends, man. I mean, if you're a Bill Gates, if, mm. I mean, let's face it. When we're talking about some of these guys, these are these are uh, right side of the bell curve, three standard sure. deviations. Sure. I mean, these guys are in the 99.7 percent. That's what will, I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. These are, you know, 16. These guys would be getting 1600s on the SATs if they were bothering to take them. That's you know right. I mean? That's um, right. But, uh, you know, so it, it's hard to compare most entrepreneurs to somebody like that. You know, you just, you know to somebody who can conceive of and can program Google, that's just not the same. You're asking me to maybe talk to a high school freshman and say, what, or a exactly. high school senior, and what do you want to do with your life? Well, I'll tell you this. This is an interesting perspective. Decide one thing first. Do you want to um, pick where you live? Or do you want to pick your career? Mm. And, and what I mean by that is, let's just say you really want to live in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, or you really want to live in Brunswick, Georgia, mm -hmm. right? Or wherever the case may be, Lincoln, Nebraska. And you just love Lincoln. You want to live there. You want to, you want to be there. There's a lot of jobs. You don't, as a matter of fact, there's a ton of jobs. Um, you can do a ton of careers, and you can make very good living mm -hmm. um do some you could become seriously you could become a car salesman you become a car salesman you never leave lincoln Nebraska. you're there for 20 years you and you're good at it and you treat people well and you serve your community in 20 years you'll have so many clients coming to you because you're that honest car salesman that you'll never have to go out and knock on doors you know what i mean if you're a real estate guy at 18 years old you get into real estate and you crank real estate for 20 years well you'll probably be a broker at 38 and now you own your own firm and you see you see what i'm saying sure. and none of that requires air quotes college um now of course they require education it's just a different kind of education now if you want to be flexible and you want to be able to move around that's where college really comes in uh handy so if you want to be in nursing or if you want to be in management or if you want to be in corporate or if you want to be an engineer you know, and you want to be an engineer. You don't really care where you work. You want to be an engineer. Mm -hmm. That's what college is, those, those professional degrees. So, and then you go where the work is. You know, I, I've, I've told folks who want to be college professors, I go, be willing to move to Boise, Idaho, or New Mexico, or right. you're not going to be able to really pick where you're going to live. So if, if that's the you know, the air quote risk you want to take later on in life, that's great. But if you want to pick and choose where you want to live, there's a lot of careers that you can do. So, I mean, heaven forbid I work for Georgia Southern University. Education is important, kids. Stay in school. <laughs> but, uh, but, that, but that being said, but that being said, too, if you're in real estate, you know, maybe you don't need an engineering degree. You may maybe need, like, an accounting degree sure. to manage your business. Or, or you need, you know, in that case, if you've decided what you want to do with your life and you go to college, Go to college to, to either improve your strengths or to fill in a gap. But I, I usually encourage people to imp don't worry about your weaknesses so much. Improve your strengths. Hire somebody who's good at your weaknesses. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm good at copy, but I'm not good at design. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to do a graphic or something like that for somebody, I'm not doing the graphic. I'm going to give it to somebody who's got an eye for that kind of thing and rely on them. I may say, hey, I need something green, or I may need it kind of, you know, flashy, or... This is what I want, but be able but to I can't delegate. Do and you dele delegate your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Keep your strengths, because that's what you're good at. That's what you're efficient at. 
uh, you're not efficient at your, your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So that's where you need to find either partnerships or, 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 or good, good subcontractors, for lack of a better description, um, yeah, to, to fill in your weaknesses. So I always encourage fo folks to uh, focus on their strengths. So, I mean, as far as what you asked me about college, that's what I would recommend. Decide if you want your job to determine your life path or where you live to determine your life path and determine your career that way. Because let's face it, you live in Millen and you want to stay in Millen, Georgia, and you want to be a biochemist. That's right. It's going to be difficult to make that happen. Not a whole that's lot right. of biochemistry so, labs so let's, in Millen. Let's talk about kind of like I, I actually, that's the first time I've ever heard that approach before. Uh, how did that play out kind of on your end? Like, you know, how, how did you decide? Did you, were you looking at career first? Did you decide where you wanted to live? Uh, no. I, uh, I married somebody that was a college professor. And okay. So I, I'm what they, uh, what they term a trailing spouse. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. So they get the job and you show up and you go, all right, what the hell am I going to do? What am I supposed to do now? Very nice. Uh, uh, now what do I do? I'm here, I'm here in Statesboro. So, hey. she, so she, she came to Statesboro or yeah. she's from Statesboro? No, no, no. She, okay. uh, Georgia Southern is why. Okay. And, uh, and actually, that's, that's why I went for the, to work for the newspaper when I first got here. I knew Statesboro was kind of a small town. I had sold a construction business that I had to move out here. It was 2007, so I wasn't getting back into construction. Oh. And uh, I just said, you know what? Uh, there was a, I just saw an ad in the paper, uh, oddly enough, to work for the paper, uh -huh. and, uh, and, and took the job in, in journalism and, and really just dove in and started to get to know people. And as I got to know the community, I got to appreciate things a little better. And, you know, when, when an opportunity came to serve the community on the, the city council, I, you know, I thought I had some name recognition. I thought I had some good ideas. And I thought I was educated enough about the position mm. that I could do it. I'm never going to, I would never run for an office where I don't, feel like I know of what course. I'm doing you know what I'm saying of course so it's why I don't really do the state stuff yet as much as I like the state and I, I'm not would never people ask me all the time you gonna run for state rep or state senator or something like that uh you know I'm no I, I like the local issues I like the local economic development because you can see the benefit mm -hmm. you can see the benefit right in your own community you can see the excitement it generates so, so, it's so the, I guess the higher what, what that means is the higher that you get up the 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 more disconnected you feel from like kind of like the ground right like well think of our u.s congressmen they uh, uh, congress people congress mm -hmm. persons um <laughs> I don't, i'm not sure anymore it's all good yeah um six hundred and seventy eight thousand mm. constituents i mean if you just think about how many seconds you have in a year sure. i mean you you couldn't even you couldn't even talk to each person for two seconds without you know you'd never sleep that's right so yeah at my level I've got 6,600 citizens that I'm responsible for, and you know, a lot of those are kids, so sure. I don't have to really deal with them too much. You know, you deal with your own kids. <laughs> I got mine. I got my you deal with yours. It's the American way, baby. I like it. I like so, it. Um, but no, uh, yeah, you, you get closer to it. I mean, city stuff is boring, really. I mean, if you really want to get down to it, it's ditches and sewer and water pipes and streets. And I mean, come on, what's the number one complaint? Potholes or crappy streets, you know what I'm saying? So, um, uh, you know, 92% of what we do is pretty boring. But, you know, when you get to do something like uh, fund the grant or, or, or help facilitate the grant that, uh, that originally put the Business Innovation Group downtown, mm. Uh, you know, we've been able to get some other 
uh, awards and economic development awards. Like they're going to put a new training and conference center downtown, a smaller one. Yeah. yeah. So we're we're getting the EDA. Hopefully, is going to announce that money here pretty soon. So, um, you know, that's it, it's exciting to see the streets where you're walking around and moving around, and you to see them improve. That that to me is the rewarding part of it. So let's go back in time a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, so we we be so the, when you first got here, you worked at the Statesboro Herald. Yep. What about pre that? You said construction. Where 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 are you from? Kind of where? Uh, how did you end up here? I was a trailing husband or a trailing right. spouse, so I ended up in in South Texas at a, at a very small school in a very rural neighborhood, and again, it was the kind of thing where I've got this MIS degree, but here I am in Millen, Georgia, mm. essentially. There's no computer systems here. <laughs> there's no Google. At all. There's Literally not at all. There's not even like the Chinese knockoff giggle, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, there's nothing. And so I literally went out. So, so sometimes, man, you ask me a question about entrepreneurship, so all this stuff ties together. Sometimes you, you become an entrepreneur out of necessity. Mm -hmm. And so there was nothing for me to do. We had a newborn. I didn't want to drive an hour and a half to the nearest town because that means a three hours away Commute, from my yeah. kid every day sure. and uh, and we didn't have access to really good daycare so I needed to find something where I could be close to home and yet still make money so you know uh, when I was in college I worked for a guy for about three years and we remodeled apartments he had about 60 apartments and so that's what we did every weekend I did that for three years and over the summers and uh, so I said what the heck I can hang drywall and Okay. I know how to knock on doors, and so I literally just, not knowing anyone in this community, never lived in Texas, never been in South uh, Texas, just started knocking on doors of realtors. Hi, my name's Phil. I do construction work. I'm just looking for, we just moved to town, and I'm just looking for some small stuff. You got anybody who needs any, anything? I you love need that. Anything. And anything. I, anything. And so I started, let's see, I did a couple of small jobs. Just like hanging when, a ceiling when did you land, fan. You, land your biggest one. Well, and then and then I and then I did a, a small drywall job for somebody, and he goes, "Can you do a whole house?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." So he <laughs> had these like rundown houses that he was like modernizing. He was putting in like new PVC, taking out the old cast iron stuff, putting in PVC, taking out the copper, putting in the the new uh, flex plumbing, that kind of thing, um, and just started. You know, I got some tools that, I got one of those panel jacks that allows you to do ceilings. I got one of those uh, screw guns that allows you to put in 50 screws in about 30 seconds and and just started, uh, went, went and probably it. did like, I don't know, 20 houses by myself and then I had to hire a helper and then I hired another yeah, guy and then I had two crews oh, and then cool. I got 10 guys running at one point. And uh, you know, then we started doing uh, entire house remodels. We're doing the siding and replacing windows and did a two-story roof one time and decided I didn't like roofs. So we went back to doing windows and siding. And uh, I've done my, I've, I, I think I told you I've laid, I don't know, personally laid, I don't know, 100,000 square feet of tile just by myself. Wow. So I've done kitchen backsplashes. I've done high-end showers. So uh, it, I really, it was just a necessity. And then you know, in 2007, we sold everything to come over here, sold all the equipment stuff. And and literally between leaving there and getting to Georgia, it's like that's when the, I think that's the a, real that estate market crashed. Exit. It, it, I, yeah, I kind of got lucky. And and that's another thing in entrepreneurship. Sometimes you get lucky. Ooh. I mean, it's tough out there. And I know, you know, to 
to to leave your you know your fate to the wind or whatever sure. you want to call it i mean sometimes people just get you're in the right place i mean look at look at mark cuban yeah. i mean sold broadcast.com for what 500 million dollars mm. right if he just sold it six months later it would have been 50 million you know what i mean so he wouldn't have had nearly as much cash so so, so was so there sometimes it's just timing was there something in there like in the decision that led you to believe that that was coming or was it just okay well you know the the uh, your wife had moved to Statesboro, and, and the family was moving there. Well, we were. Um, I, I was selling some stuff, and then I was realizing that hey, this thing is getting. Uh, you know, they were. This is back when they were doing 125 percent loans in California. Okay. No doc loans and sure. things like that. I'm thinking, man, you're not doing something weird. So yeah, it just. I just. So w when I got to Georgia, you know, things over the summer kind of went squirrely. And so I just said, you know what, this is probably, probably. not, you know, let's, let's see how this plays out. And then it just got worse and it just got worse. So I was like, you know what? And, you know, construction didn't come back for, for years. Mm -hmm. So now it's strong as, now it's crazy. Now it's the sure. other way around. So sure. all you construction guys who might be listening, put your pennies away because it's not always good times like this. Just <laughs> it, telling you. It, I feel like there's this wave, right? There's always. This constantly this up, down, up, down. That's just the market in general. Um, you know, we're in a spot right now in uh, the economy that's really interesting. I mean, there's certain mm -hmm. sectors of the economy that are absolutely just booming, right? Going nuts. Stocks are just like literally killing it. Um, what do you think, like these local markets like Statesboro, what can we expect out of uh, the marketplace, right? So like I can tell you from my perspective, like restaurants have definitely taken, for me, they've taken a bit of a hit, sure. especially uh, within this period of time of COVID. Um, but we're starting to see people come back to restaurants. I, I definitely think that people, uh, they, they need to be social. We're social creatures at, at, at the core. Um, but besides restaurants, just as a general kind of like blanket statement, if you will, what do you think is the, how, how is the market going to move, uh, move going forward? Are you looking for free advice for your so yummy restaurant? Absolutely. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's the that's the whole point that you're here, man. Uh, free right. advice, right? I see. Uh, Just come kidding. on my podcast. <laughs> yes. He's not actually broadcasting this, is he? Um, so, what would I recommend for uh, restaurants, man? It's the same thing I'd, I'd recommend in normal times, oh, well, man. Not restaurants. Let, let's just talk about the market just in general. Uh, I mean. Find out what people want. So if you're in a restaurant uh, business right now, you know, providing outdoor seating for folks, that's mm -hmm. what they want. If you can provide that for them, um, um, you'll, you'll, you'll do well right now, and you'll be able to transition. You'll be able to pivot. So I think that's where, where, that's where New York and San Francisco and, and Savannah and Atlanta, places like that, are suffering because if you really look, where, where do you go to eat? You don't go to eat like at a – you know, just to, not to throw in a competitor, but Nats Landing's got a patio. You don't see patios like that up in, That's right. in Atlanta, or especially in the uh, northern cities. They're all crammed into these little tiny, you know, well, you no one wants well, to be in Space is expensive. The, yeah, you, and nobody wants to. You can't just to, spend the money on a patio. No one wants to spend money on. Well, in saying? New York, it's it's cold half the year, so yeah. you're not going to be sitting out there when it's a. Uh, so uh, that's. I mean, I think the South is poised. I mean, ironically, with the sun and everything else, I think that just in general, the South is going to. See, you're going to see a lot of exodus this way, and and shockingly, 
uh, for probably one of the first times, we're going to see a de-urbanization of America. I think we're going to see I agree. Uh, a move back to not so much suburbia, though there's going to be some of that, but, but definitely to smaller communities. Because let's face it, there's still plenty of room inside Statesboro where you can find a piece of property and build something nice, and then you've got some walkability and things like that. And Statesboro's not the only one, you know. Uh, Vidalia and mm. Brunswick and Richmond Hill and 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 Swainsboro even Swainsboro's got a lovely downtown and so if you had a house that wasn't far from Swainsboro and you get a coffee shop and a grocery store and I mean let's face it you're not going to the opera I mean unless you're just way up there you're just not going to the opera sure. every day you're not going to the theater every day you know you you do daily mundane routines and uh, and folks are realizing that hey you know what I can do that daily routine in a less concentrated area and still have access but you know you don't have as much traffic you don't have as much frustration you just don't have as much you know concentration of people so i don't know it's an interesting time man it's 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 a, it's an interesting time but i think it's a it's a good time i mean every generation every uh country goes through cycles and i think this is just one of those deals where you know our baby boomers are getting older and and the millennials are having kids and the, the Gen Z is coming up and you guys think that the millennials and the dang baby boomers are crazy. Fortunately, you think the Gen X's are cool because, you know, we're just looking at we're looking at the, the, the baby boomers and millennials and shaking our heads, too. So, <laughs> so you know, fist bump to the to is it the iGen or is it Gen Z? What's I think the, it's Gen Z. Gen Z. I think that's, so yeah. Fist bump to Gen Z. Gen X is right with you. So. <laughs> Anyway, uh, no, it's 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 an interesting time. But if if I mean if you if you come back to entrepreneurship, I mean, find something you like to do that people have a demand for that service, whatever that may be. And if you do that, and then you know, do the smart things. You have to manage your business. You got to pay the bills. You got to look at cash flow. Sure. These are all kinds of things that those are the kinds of things you can learn uh, as an entrepreneur. But finding what you like to do that other people need, that's so, yeah, you do have to have the passion. But they're also, ha again, if you have a passion for something that nobody wants, you know, it won't matter. You love painting pineapples blue. <laughs> That's great, dude. You can set up an Etsy shop, but don't expect that thing to be, you know, don't expect bluepineapple.com to blow up anytime soon. That's right. I mean, unless you get a crazy cat, you know, like, uh, what was it, angry cat or grumpy cat, right? Yeah. That, that's, that's like a $12 million business. That's right. That was a complete accident. And even if you ask the guy, he's like, man, I just posted a picture of my grumpy cat and... And just said, off. here's my grumpy cat. And yeah, now all of a sudden he's got a $10 million business selling grumpy cat t-shirts. So, so sometimes you just get lucky. Sometimes you just never know, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> Who plans out a grumpy cat thing? I mean, everybody wants to do that viral video. But let's face it, it's hard to create a viral video. It's viral for a reason. You just It just comes out of nowhere. It comes out of some bat in China, right? It's viral. No. You don't know where it comes from. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, right? Very or nice. wherever. They come from other places, too. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, Phil, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you coming on to the show. Uh, thanks for sharing some knowledge about entrepreneurship, everything that you got. 
And uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to the, the future of America, to say the least. Well, and I, I want to say thanks to you too, Adam, because um, you know, you're part of an exciting new generation of entrepreneurs mm -hmm. here in Statesboro. And not only that, but um, you really do a good job. You're really active at, at connecting other entrepreneurs together. I hear other entrepreneurs in, in town uh, talking about you. And, and not just your, your drive, but just your enthusiasm and your, your energy for business. Um, you know, it's, it's infectious. And um, when you talked about connections like that, when you can create connections in the business community, the more of those you can create, the, the more your community gets better and, and, and the more your community grows. So what you're doing, this reaching out, uh, talking with other uh, entrepreneurs, it's important stuff too. So I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. That's a show. Appreciate it. Gen Z. Gen Z. <laughs>